How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Valley Vibes Behind the Blue Sox, Episode 5. I am your host, David Azer, alongside Nick Freitas. Nick, how we doing? Doing great. It's been a great whole week for the Blue Sox. It, it absolutely has. The Blue Sox are riding a four-game win streak heading into a divisional matchup tonight. A big game versus the Bristol Blues. But we're going to recap this past week of games, which has been really cool. So we saw last week we talked about the sweep of a doubleheader versus the Vermont Mountaineers. Now we have another sweep to talk about in a doubleheader versus the Upper Valley Nighthawks. So two North opponents, two really good teams that the Blue Sox have been able to sweep in doubleheaders. Really impressive wins in both of these games. But the first game, we saw another walk-off, which was super cool. Just really getting the momentum going heading into the second half of the doubleheaders has been really huge for the Blue Sox. And they're now 4-0 and in doubleheaders. I don't think... As long as there's no more rainouts, which I guess is not that unlikely to see another rainout, just based on how this season has been going all year with the weather, but they are four and zero in double headers in these seven inning games, which has been really huge to kind of get them back on track after a little bit of a skid there. Yeah, I mean, talking to our president during the double header, we always play these North Division teams good, but especially when we're playing those double headers, I was saying. You know, maybe the Blue Sox should just make every game a doubleheader. It would be long days for the players, but they do. They come out and they play very, very well. Yeah, and the momentum that they take in winning these first games has really translated into the second game. Both of the first games versus the Mountaineers and the Nighthawks in the doubleheaders, both were walk-offs. We'll talk about this one first. Was an EJ Kreutzman hit into a fielder's choice to score the game-winning run, Jeff Pierantoni who we talked about before, Jeff Pierantoni, spark plug. Really, really a spark plug type of guy on this team. Stealing bags left and right, getting these key hits or working counts. He got a walk in the bottom of the seventh to ultimately score the game-winning run in this game. But overall, the offense has been really solid as of late. A, l- a little bit of a skid in that sort of losing streak where they went 2-9, and nine, but... Since then, they've been working counts again like we've been used to, and really, that helps a lot. The situational hitting, especially, we've seen, what is it, I think three walk-off wins in the past like two weeks, so the situational hitting has been on point. The clutch throughout this whole lineup has been top-notch, I would say. Even, I mean, top to bottom, you have seven guys in the first game that have a hit, and when when you're having runners on base... That's just, you know, the key to driving in runs is everybody on the team being able to hit. And like David said, it's definitely situational, but it's also the fact that these guys are bouncing off of each other, that they have such great, what's the word, morale. Yeah, I was thinking of 2K there for a (laughs) second, but they do have very great morale. You see it in the dugout, you see it in the bullpen, everybody's feeding off of each other and we're just ready to go 24-7. Absolutely, and I think that helps on both sides of the ball. We talked a little bit about the offense and how the hits have been coming in bunches for the Blue Sox as of late, but the pitching side has really been impressive as well. The bullpen, we've, we've really not had a sort of blow-up like we've seen. There there was a game last week, I think they lost 9-2 to on the road versus North Adams, but aside from that, the pitching has been on point getting these 
getting the offense into these really winnable games and the offense has been capitalizing. A lot of these games have been pretty tight. It, it's been coming with one run victories, but that gets it done. The win, the wins count the same on the, on the record books. So it doesn't really matter. And the pitching has been putting them in a great spot as of late. Yeah, I did want to shout out the pitching because I feel like we talk about the hitting all the time, but you know, the pitchers step up to the plate all the time. Uh, obviously they don't step up to the plate. They're on the mound, but uh, in the second game, Ryan Widinger and Arigo combined for a one earned run. And that just speaks volumes on how, how many guys we can put out there that are versatile. And I don't know where my train of thought was going, but I'm sure you know what I mean. No, I got you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just being able to, to kind of mix and match where you want to put these pitchers and, and where coach Santiago wants to use them is huge. They're, all of these bullpen pitchers come out and shove every single time lately we've seen. There there hasn't been really any sort of damage being done against these guys. And, and to have a bunch of guys that you can kind of put wherever you want, Weidinger, Arigo, Terry Murray, uh, Thomas Ballard has been good as well. It's just so huge. I mean, to, to be able to capitalize late, and and allow the offense to really work without having to worry about a, a potential, you know, contested game as of late. Yeah, these games are tight, but it, it's just it it hasn't really been in doubt lately for the bullpen, and I've really enjoyed watching them work. I think I did see Arigo on the top spin rate in the NACBL yeah. as well. Correct? Yeah, I it, it must have been his curveball, which is just so nasty, and we finally got to see it at home again. Arigo did make an appearance in that second game of the doubleheader, like Nick said. And it's just so, it's just so impressive to watch, es- especially from Arigo being from Salve Regina, a-, a college that you may not see as much coverage nationally. But TV, th- this is what the NECBL does. It, it really shines light on these guys and-, and really allows them to kind of blossom into these new roles. As Andrew White said, it's definitely the beauty of the NECBL seeing <laughs> these guys that may not get as much reps in college or as much looks they're getting their reps in in the summer for scouts even for the MLB draft and transitioning into something that we want to talk about a recent blue sock was actually drafted to the MLB David if you want to talk about that a little bit yes absolutely so 2021 blue Sox alum Andrew Sears a left-handed pitcher from UConn was drafted in the 10th round to the Detroit Tigers really cool to see uh, a bunch of a bunch of NECBL alums getting drafted in general. Sears was the only Blue Sox guy who got drafted this year, but there have been a ton. We've seen Jay Cronenworth, Trey Mancini, Steve Lombardozzi, a bunch of guys who played for the Blue Sox and been killing it in the MLB as well. But Andrew Sears this year had had it up. Uh, he had a six point eight five ERA. In 11 appearances this year for the UConn Huskies, he went two and one. He pitched 47 in a third inning and struck out 57. So pretty impressive there. A good K per nine for sure. And just something cool that we'll definitely keep documenting as Sears kind of works his way up to hopefully the majors one day. We'll see. But yeah, just super exciting to see. And congratulations to Sears for being drafted. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, Tigers definitely got a good one. It's yeah. definitely cool. I mean, 
you don't really think about it. You're paying five to seven dollars to get into these games, and you're watching guys that potentially could be playing in the major leagues for yeah. millions of people to be watching. Yeah, and you can say that one day I saw Andrew Pier- a- Andrew Sears pitch in in uh, 2021 for the Blue Sox if he eventually makes his MLB debut. That's something really cool. Even and- the guys that were watching Mancini and Cronenworth back then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know that on the Westerners. Uh, Emmett Sheehan has uh, debuted for the Dodgers this year. And in his debut, he I think he went like six or seven innings and just dominated. So, yeah, a lot of these guys that you can see for pretty cheap can can turn into super cool products in the MLB. But moving on to the next game that we have to talk about is July 12th versus the North Adams Steeplecats on the road where the Blue Sox have had a lot of trouble trying to beat these Steeplecats in their home ballpark. They finally got a win, broke the curse at Joe Wolf Field, and they won this game 3-2. to two. So another pretty contested game all the way. And the Blue Sox were able to score the game-winning run in the top of the ninth following a sacrifice fly from Matt Bergevin. Yeah, the fact that we're winning these close games to me just shows that we're going to be able to stick around in the playoffs. The Blue Sox are first in the division currently at sitting at 16 and 14 above the Bristol Blues who are one and a half games behind. I'm think, not sure if they played yesterday. I think they're 14, 14 and 1. So they should subject. be one and a half games behind. But it just show, goes to show that the Blue Sox can hang around in these games and it looks like they'll make a stab at making a deep run in the playoffs, yeah. I think. Yeah, the playoff format is a little kind of confusing. We were looking at it last night, and it looks like eight teams will make it, three division winners, and then there's five wildcard teams. And the top two record-wise division winners will get a first-round bye, and then the third division winner and the five wildcard teams will all face off in a one-game elimination. So anything can happen there. Um, the, the Newport Gulls have all but sort of kind of locked up <laughs> that that top seed they're like 22 and 8 or I something absurd double digit losses yet. yeah that's just crazy yeah but the blue Sox are fighting for that playoff bye right now that would be huge and and even fighting for this division is it it's a really tight race right now versus the blues and the blue Sox. The Westerners are sort of hanging around there. They've kind of been on a little bit of a skid, 14 and 17. And then the Steeplecats, uh, I don't want to write them off just yet, but they are 7 and 22. Um, they beat brought, us three times. They have, beaten, they have beaten the Blue Sox three times, but haven't seen a whole lot of success otherwise. We'll see if maybe they can be competitive towards the end of the year. But it really looks like a three-team sort of race in the West Division pretty contested the the lead is now separated by two and a half games right now so something to really look forward to for the rest of the season is a a true division race and the great thing about the final week the final couple weeks actually is all games will be only divisional games so these games are going to matter a lot more if you have time to tune in or to come down to the Mac. I definitely would recommend it because these will be some of the most high intensity games of the year. Absolutely. And I know that the Blue Sox will come out with that intensity that we've seen all year. They really care about every single game that they're playing in this 44 game season. It's a sprint. 
not not a marathon like you'd see in maybe college, definitely a marathon in the MLB. But this is an all-out sprint from start to finish, and the Blue Sox have put themselves in a great spot to compete in the playoffs in August. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually saw a TikTok about the MLB and the MLB playoffs about how each game, you know, you, you kind of forget about every pitch. It doesn't really matter. But in the NECBL, I mean, you really have to forget about every pitch because you could get blown out the night before and you have a game the next day that matters a ton because it's a divisional opponent that yeah. you have to just have great mental fortitude and forget about the loss. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of transitions well into our July 13th game, which was last night. Another walk-off versus the Sanford Mainers. And this was really cool to be broadcasted on ESPN Plus, if you want to talk about that a bit more, Nick. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to shout out Andrew White, Brian, and Riley, and also Kyle Barnes, who helped out yesterday with the cameras. (laughs) Uh, It's just absolutely surreal to be a part of something that was broadcasted on ESPN Plus. I mean, we all grow up wanting to, you know, play sports and be in the big leagues and be on TV and to be able to put on that production was just surreal. Yeah, it was really cool and a really a lot went into the production there as well that you probably wouldn't see just by watching it on ESPN Plus, but Andrew White was running all over trying to make sure everything was good to go and it all went out went on without a hitch and super big congratulations to Andrew White and everybody else that Nick mentioned for for putting on a super cool production and the Blue Sox helped out with a walk-off hit another walk-off hit to really show the ESPN plus viewers what the NECBL is all about and you know broadcasting another huge hugely competitive game all the way throughout was super cool Definitely. It was also great to see one of our biggest crowds of the year. It was Springfield yeah. Thunderbirds night. A lot of their season ticket holders showed up and showed out. It was wild. In-game promotions were bumping. I mean, I got them filled <laughs> in the first inning with how many kids were there, but the crowd was absolutely unbelievable. Big thanks to Springfield Thunderbirds. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that we definitely need to mention is on the pitching side last night. The pitching staff combined for 18 strikeouts of the Sanford Mainers, and that is a record this season. 18 total strikeouts through four different pitchers. No pitcher under three strikeouts, I believe. That was just crazy to see them sort of mowing down these these opposing batters on the Sanford side was just awesome. It seemed like the Blue Sox put out some of their top four guys, I would say, with Colano, Harris, Murray, and Cameron, and they just completely shut the door feeding off of each other the next one coming in just doing just as well yeah and we also wanted to touch on the newest blue sock who made his debut last night and that is collier cranford out of kansas university the shortstop i believe was in the sixth slot last night and he went three for four in his debut with a walk and an rbi as well it's just great to see how these new guys can come in and just fit right in with the team. You just love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And with with the departure of Matt Garcia, they the Blue Sox really needed someone to step up and play that shortstop, a premier defensive position that Cranford had no trouble with last night, as well as on the offensive side, making an impact early on. But another person I wanted to touch on is Mason Wolf, the catcher, who actually played for Sanford earlier in the year 
and has since made his way over to Holyoke to play for the Blue Sox. Are you able to transfer in this league? I never knew that. I, I don't I don't really know the specifics of it, but I know that he did play for Sanford at some point this year, and now he's on the Blue Sox and is hitting very well. <laughs> so release sounds like. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But yeah, Mason Wolf was able to, I believe it was a fielder's choice. Yeah, a fielder's choice to score Jeff Pierantoni in the bottom of the 10th inning from Mason Wolf. And the night before at North Adams, I believe he went three for four with three singles. So on on the offensive side, catchers-wise, the Blue Sox really haven't had a whole lot of production from the backstops, but Mason Wolf has really turned a corner here and has started hitting very well. And we'll see if that keeps up throughout the rest of the season. But also on the defensive side, Mason Wolf versus North Adams and versus Sanford last night has been really good at throwing runners out, which is something that has sort of plagued the Blue Sox all year round. A lot of teams have been running all over the Blue Sox with the inability to sort of cut runners down when they're attempting to steal. But this is a great sign to see from Wolf, both on the offensive side and the defensive side. Yeah, you know, it's great to have that catcher depth, especially with Kataro battling a bit of an injury. We're not quite sure when he'll be able to return, but Wolf definitely is great to have as a backup or even a starting catcher. I yeah. mean, we have two or three great catchers now that can play any night and give you a great game. Yeah, definitely. And I also wanted to touch on real quick was Jack Power also made his debut. I believe that was against the Upper Valley Nighthawks in one of those games. I don't think he's played since that doubleheader, but he was in the second game there and he went over two, but he did have a walk and scored a run in that game. He also played a bit of second base. He's He's been known to be sort of a utility guy. And I know that Michael Zarillo went down with an injury after getting hit by a pitch. Zarillo has been fine since then, but Jack Power did have to take over at second base and was re- was really making some great plays there too. Zarillo had a bit of trouble over there making a few errors in last weekend, but Jack Power over there, I don't think he made an error. He made some routine plays look really easy, and it was just impressive to see another guy who Pedro Santiago will be able to mix and match where he wants to play him each night. Yeah, I also wanted to touch on something kind of crazy that happened yesterday that we don't really see that often. In the bottom of the ninth, the Blue Sox were down by one, and <laughs> it was looking pretty good. Uh, William Gale advanced to first on a walk, and Kreutzmann got a single to advance Gale to third. Um, sorry. No, you're good. I just wanted to pull <laughs> up I, I wanted to pull up Andrew White's call of this because it was crazy. But oh, if you incredible. want to keep talking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. So Gale was on third, and Kreutzmann was stealing second to try to advance to second. There were two outs, so the catcher had thrown it to second, and Kreutzmann got in a rundown. And something you don't see very often with William Gale's speed, you might see it a little bit more often. William Gale actually stole home on the rundown by E.J. Kreutzmann, and David has the call from Andrew White, and yeah. it's just incredible. This, this was just that. absolutely electric. So for threes, Reese with a hit by pitch. He shows Blunt. Kreutzmann's going to take off. He's going to be in a rundown. We're going to see if Gale takes off her home. Kreutzmann has got a chance to go to second. Gale's still working up that third baseline. Now Gale goes. He's going to get in. 
This game is tied! What a play by the Valley Blue Sox! DJ Kreutzmann down to the final out! Ties this game up! That's... Man, I just <laughs> love this call. This is... <laughs> This got me amped up in the press box right next to him. And this, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Andrew, Andrew, you know, vocalized it as as good as anyone can. I I had no idea what was going on watching that live. And I'm just seeing EJ Kreutzman kind of get himself into a pickle. I was like, are we gonna lose off of this like pickoff attempt? And then seeing Will Gale run home and the Mainers kind of being caught off guard there, really just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how it ended up working. That was a super risky play, but <laughs> it re- it really set the tone for the rest of the game. The Blue Sox ended up winning in ten, but without that play, they they wouldn't have even been in that position. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was looking pretty shady in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. They did have a runner on third, but we had a couple players get out, obviously, and they were down to their last strike. And you know, the interns were behind the plate. We were all set up and ready to head home but we were like send him home send him home because (laughs) it looked like Kreutzman was going to be thrown out and it was the last out of the game so you have absolutely nothing to lose and Gale came through and stole home yeah that was just I I don't even know how to put it into words that was probably one of the most wild things I've seen live at a baseball game I've seen a lot of cool moments that one I I just was super caught off guard just sitting there from the press box watching and being like, what on earth is going on? And then it worked and Blue Sox ended up winning an extra inning. So we will absolutely take it. A really heads up base running display there from Kreutzman and Gale. Yeah. Another thing people don't think about as we get towards the end of the year is all of these regular season games could mean another seed for the Blue Sox as they fight for a bye in the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Every win counts as we head into our divisional matchup tonight against the Bristol Blues. That will be a huge game at 6.30 in Bristol. So we'll see if the Blue Sox can can win five in a row there, but then we will head back to McKenzie Stadium. And as always, Nick is going to talk about the upcoming promotions in the Freitas Fan Forecast. Freitas Fan Forecast. All right, so we have a game on Sunday at 1 o'clock versus the Keene Swamp Bats. Previously, Irish Heritage Night will be changed. We'll kind of do some Irish Heritage stuff, but we also want to make a National Ice Cream Day, so definitely stop by. We'll have some ice cream for the fans. On Thursday, we'll be doing a baseball card giveaway. We will have cards for the players with bios written by my co-host, David Azer. But also, fans will be able to sign up and take their own picture to get their very own specific Blue Sox baseball card. And that, I think, is pretty cool. And to wrap up our week, on Saturday, July 22nd, we have a 635 game versus North Adams, who I also forgot to say we are playing on Thursday as part of our rivalry week. And that will be sponsored by Yankee Mattress Factory. And we will also be having a first responders night. So that should be a pretty good crowd. Yeah, definitely looking forward to these upcoming games. As the season sort of winds down here, we will be thinking about the playoffs a lot, heading into these two-ish weeks of straight divisional matchups. A huge couple of weeks for the Blue Sox that can really make or break them coming into the playoffs. So 
I'm optimistic. The Blue Sox have shown us a bunch of good signs as of late, especially. And we also have to look forward to the All-Star Game, which is coming up. And Nick and I will actually be heading to the All-Star Game in person and seeing they haven't announced the All-Stars just yet, but I'm certain that at least one, if not a few, Blue Sox players will be named there as well. So we will be definitely bringing you some content from there as well, something to look forward to there. Definitely showing out our Blue Sox merch in enemy territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heading heading to Lynn to see the North Shore Navigator Stadium, which I have never been to. Um, but Nick says it's really nice. So yeah, I did work for the team last year, historic Fraser Field. So a lot of minor league teams going in and out of there, but it's a very nice stadium. Yeah, so a lot to look forward to. Keep it with us as we will see you again. I did also want to mention, sorry, David, to cut <laughs> no, you're you off, good. but we did have last Sunday's game versus the Mystic Valley Sooners rescheduled to this Thursday at 12.30 p.m. first pitch. So we have a bit of a doubleheader on Thursday. Not a traditional doubleheader, not back-to-back, but we do have two games on Thursday. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, and I believe that game will pick up where we left off the Blue Sox were ahead three to two in the bottom of the second inning in that game versus Mystic and then it eventually got rained out but I'm pretty sure it will pick up right there so a little bit of a seven inning sort of doubleheader type game there and hopefully the Blue Sox can finish it off and beat Mystic in that game as well is there anything else we want to add yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. I just wanted to touch on that one thing. No, yeah, definitely. I'm glad you caught me before then. But for real this time, <laughs> stick it, stick with us, and we will see you guys again next week. Thanks for listening.